This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the Yay and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a wonderful guest, Patricia Silver. Patty Silver. Do you prefer Patty or Patricia? Patty. All right. Patty Silver, you're an actress. Um, I'm not sure if you're a director or a writer or a... Uh, oh, I'm an... Um, okay, so I have yeah, stage managed. <laughs> I have done costumes. I have done props. I uh, worked with the theater collective, so we wrote um, our own plays under the tutelage of Joan Holden, who was nice. the playwright. But... Well, that's that's another part of this. That's a different paragraph. Mm-hmm. And now with word for word, um, I'm an actor, and I don't do any directing because you have to be so nice and understanding <laughs> to so many people. <laughs> that can be tough. That can be very tough. <laughs> and and also you have to have an all-encompassing idea. Yes, very true. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> some folks that's have, what they some say. Folks have, some folks some don't. people yeah. say yeah. that. I I don't know. I know, but but so I. So writing, you know, when they said, so do you want to direct? I said, no, but, but I can write. And, and I've done writing with, word, uh, with, mm-hmm. uh, with the Mime Troupe. Oh, Samson's Go Mime, right on. Yeah. So, uh, you, so you're a writer and you're an actress. Uh, you're an all-around creative. And we'll learn more about you. Um, I'm so happy to have you. This is Wednesday afternoon. Very unusual for us. But right. you've got Pericles, glowing, Pericles going on. So oh, yes, do that this, is... So. That has been my life for the last three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. I am understudying Pericles. Um, I was specifically asked to understudy um, another actor who does Pander, uh, which is one of the comic characters, and uh, Helicanus, who's Pericles' right-hand man. Um, but they also said, oh, gosh, that's not enough. Why don't you do Pericles, too? <laughs> and then two weeks ago, suddenly we had an actor have a health thing. Mm. Um that one was not COVID related, but if you go to the hospital and you tell them symptoms that sound like COVID, they might say, oh, that sounds like that might be COVID. You have to go someplace else and get tested. We don't want you in our emergency room. <laughs> and so um, that actor had to go to two places to finally get tested, cleared negative on COVID, and then find out that there was just a respiratory thing. Um, but we lost that actor for a few days because of that. So I was asked to step in for a role that I was not preparing for, and that's where you see me with a bat if you see me on Facebook. Yeah, um, so I've seen the picture. Yeah. yeah, it's a cautionary tale. You and I were talking outside <laughs> just before we cut the <laughs> mic on. You know, as a understudy, well, as an actor, you have to be prepared. I remember doing uh, Civil War Christmas, and we had Elizabeth Curtis on as a, um, mm. on, as a guest. Mm-hmm. And she talked about it. she had a medical issue, and all of us actors had to basically take, because we were all playing various roles. Right. So to protect the actor, this is, this is part of the theaterist community thing, mm-hmm. we all said, hey, listen, you can take you know, the, uh, the night off so that you can take care of yourself. And also her, I believe her grandmother died, who oh. raised her. So one person took one of her roles, another person took one of her roles, and we sort of made the show work without putting pressure on her. Like, oh my God, we need you. You got to be on right. stage. Well, and, and Word for Word does this because with Word for Word, we take every word of a short story and give it, and, and how we divide it up is, you know, from, from whose heart, from whose soul is that particular 
sentence, paragraph, mm -hmm. phrase, one word perhaps. So if somebody gets sick, everybody has pretty much learned the whole story because often right. all they know is that three that three word phrase for this particular paragraph so it's always easy to put somebody in briefly mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah. and for those who don't know word for word basically you're taking text from let's say a novel or a biography i think or Not short a biography, story short story it's short pieces story. of fiction i think it's always been <clears throat> pieces <throat> of fiction although we do often say isn't there something that's not fiction that we could do? Um, but but it is. It's short stories because because they have a beautiful beginning, middle, and an end. Like Alice Munro, who is the first person to get a uh, what was it? A Nobel Prize for Literature? Mm. Oh, is that right? Um, but for her short or stories, maybe a either a Nobel no, I think or it was Nobel, Nobel because okay. it's her short stories just. You know, it's a short story. It's at most forty pages, and you can have all of all of War and Peace in there. Hmm. Wow, that you know, is awesome! It's yeah. and beautiful language. So that's what we put on stage. Every word for word, it's completely memorized. It's it's divided up. Sometimes the words are like choral words, where you get two people saying the same thing or sometimes everybody on the stage will say the same thing mm -hmm. if for example it's fire um and um and then all the all the attributives the he says and the she says mm -hmm. which you can add emotional color to right and th and that that's the point really that everything has has uh, has emotional thrust to it yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, Norman, you were doing a word for word, and you yes. went to Paris, right? Yes, yeah, did. yeah. Got to go, and and I've used the form in all kinds of different things. So we actually did that reading. If you remember, Fire and Cloud, which was a Richard Wright short That's story, right. and before was, the Dream, Richard Talavera. And, you know, well, that, that one was that one is a little style. different stylistically, yeah. but it is, but. Fire and Cloud was word for word. We did nice. everything. Yeah, really nice. yeah, and it was really that poor weird. audience because it went a lot longer than we thought it was going to go. Ah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no, it, it was nice. And uh, as an audience member, you know, you can appreciate uh, just a story. Let's say, you know, some of these books and sort of some of these short stories have been around for a long, long time, mm -hmm. but. You know, they're just buried under, I don't know, library books or whatever. And all of a sudden you have actors, you know, making it life, you mm -hmm. know, breathing life into it. So I, th I think it's a wonderful medium. Um, there have been, a well, I mean, I can ask you how was your week, but I know. <laughs> well, no, that, that has been most of my time. I, right. I, this week has gotten a little more relaxed. We opened in Redwood City this last weekend. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and all I had to do, because all we had two actors with health scares. We had two understudies preparing to go on. And then, you know, one of them was just somebody, again, COVID, they went someplace, met, saw somebody, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then that person called them the next day and said, oh, I po I've just tested positive for COVID. And being a good citizen, they reported that back to the company, and the company said, well, our protocol says you can't even, you can't even go get tested for 48 hours because you have to give it enough time mm -hmm. to, for there to be, you know, to see whether or not you've actually been infected. Um, so... You're just don't come in for the next couple of days. We're going to get an understudy for you. Um, and then that person ended up clear. So that was fine. That person came back. The other person's respiratory thing, just a few days off and a little bit of, you know, rest and medication. 
that person came back. So last weekend, we two understudies just got to sit and watch the show from the back of the house with our scripts, mm-hmm. which was great. <laughs> well, you were on standby. Yeah, yeah. And Always. that's where I'll be until October 10th. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and we had um, Michael Vega on. And so I appreciate you trying to, you know, get in. But that was fine. You know, we... we mm-hmm soldiered on oh yeah what i'm at what am i in like two minutes yeah 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 that's okay but i I called in from the show Uh uh-huh and then and it turns out it's two things one we're in the park so not a great signal (laughs) sure but the other problem is because i've been in redwood city so much for the last few weeks i've used up all my data for the month oh goodness and so my monthly cycle doesn't start until the end of this week oh my goodness. so they slow down your data they say they don't charge you more they just slow down your data so what kept happening, you don't know this, but every time I would call in, it would announce that I was back in. Yeah. And then after a couple of minutes, it would cut signal again. And then it would just immediately log me back in. And I was yeah. like, we're going to have a show where every two or three minutes. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a cruel trick that these uh, carriers play. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, you know, give us more money and then we'll give you the service that you want or, you know, the proper service. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It, you know, it all it all worked out. It's all about money. And uh, it was interesting because Michael Vega, he was actually in New York during September 11th, oh, 2001. Wow. Oh, geez. Uh, because he's from New York. I, right. I didn't even realize this. Michael Vega, he uh, he has acted with uh, Theodore Rhino. He's mostly known for that. But now he's in Hollywood, California, living the mm-hmm. life, and he's doing all sorts of and cool things. Making a living, oh, yeah, yeah, good uh, surprisingly for him. so. Wow. So. Uh, so it was good for people who want to, hey, you know what's, but he was very, very real about, hey, listen, I may be in Hollywood, but I've got several jobs and everyone I know has at least three or four jobs. It's not right. like, you know, the fairy tale life of an actor. Yeah. So it was good to hear that. Yeah, so, it is a fairy tale. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, uh, don't think that you'll just be discovered almost immediately. You still have to hustle. The grind is still real. Um, well, then and you been, guys got to catch up then. Yeah, we did. We did catch up. We were in uh, 100 Years of Queer Theater. That was a collaboration between EastEnders Repertory Company, which is no longer around, and Theater Rhino. Yeah. Jim? Uh, It was Chuck Chuck Polly ran it. Yeah. Uh, Susan Evans. um, Who was the artistic director. Yeah, the artistic director. Uh, do you know someone from EastEnders? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> John Long Hutchinson. I can, yeah, um, I was with them for Lisa. Shoot, it took up most of uh, my late '90s, 2000s, and a lot of my posters that you see on yeah. the wall there are EastEnders shows. But in any case, speaking of EastEnders, that was one thing. Uh, Susan Evans. She is now. She is now. In Charlottesville, Virginia, right, mm. uh, heading up a um, a theater company there, and uh, we had a, a Zoom goodbye, and it was nice, you know, to huh. get people to talk about the good old times and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I got to see Dale uh, Dale Albright, formerly of TBA, he right. is now retired from TBA, so right. it's good to see him again, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of other folks. So that was cool. Um, so I'm glad to see. To be quite honest, she was a little bitter about you know how things went here in the well, Bay Area. Well, people weren't ready for what she was re- wanting to do. So, mm-hmm. what did she want to do? Well, she was the artistic she was the artistic director for uh, EastEnders, you know, sort of co-heading it with Chuck. And then EastEnders, we ran out of money basically, and a lot that happens with companies. So she was the artistic director for the Douglas Morrison Theater. They cut her. Uh, right. They cut the, the ar- position. They didn't just cut her. They got rid of the position. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And now they're. Inactive, totally inactive. Right. And then she became the artistic director for Town Hall Theater. Right. And then yeah. they cut her. Yeah. Oh, Same thing. Damn. <clears throat> and she talked very much about how she wanted to bring aggressive, assertive, you know, real, a thinking person's theater 
to communities to that's community sort of theater and community theater isn't you know, about that it's, yeah it's uh, i don't know if you have any um um you know history about that uh patty as far as just trying to bring aggressive you know pushing i i know i've asked a couple of directors and creatives mm-hmm. you know do you bring a piece that can challenge the audience to an audience that may not want to be challenged well if, if it's comedy yes <laughs> you could do that yeah yeah. The question is, what is challenging? You know, are you just going to surprise them with something that they didn't know or they didn't know about? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to kind of put them on the hot seat? Yeah. Nobody wants to be put on the hot seat. Which brings us to, so we're getting well, into... Well, cur- go ahead. except yeah. it is good to be put on a hot seat. One I of the so. best shows um, in the 70s, were, uh, the Mime Troupe did something called... Um, uh, the independent female, or a man has his pride, mm-hmm. and it it was a it took the form of a melodrama, and used it to talk about women's liberation. And the best thing about it was that couples would come, and then they would walk out, and they would be arguing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. It was really wonderful that way. You know, I mean, it's interesting how so many individuals get into relationships for without asking the proper questions, without asking any questions. You know, it's sort of just and then you find out about what the relationship is really about when you come into these issues or these situations. Mm. Hopefully, you only see it in theater. You know, it's like <laughs> let's not have an argument. We'll watch someone else have an argument, and then we'll discuss well, it. Yeah, oh, wait a minute! That's you good. Know, what's what's really going on with us? Right? <laughs> yeah, but that is good. That it, that it's like taking a child to something so that you get to talk about whatever that was about with a kid. Sure. How do you how do you bring up a subject? Yeah, you an know, experience that you don't necessarily you go have see to have a movie. See. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Take your kid to some weird movie because you don't <laughs> yeah. want to talk to them about it. <laughs> until until after they've seen somebody else talk. But I don't know. It works sure. for me. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it totally works. But it also gets into, so you may have heard about the controversy of Into the Woods. Berkeley Playhouse, as opposed to, I believe it was, um, I want to say San Jose Shakes. In any case, San Jose Shakes, they wanted to, they are putting them together Into the Woods. Right. But it is not, um, how should we say, it was, it was not, uh, the, the cast appears to be all white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so they were called out on it in uh, Into the Woods, which is being played at the Berkeley Playhouse. This will be in November. It's totally multicultural. Right. Uh, Mara Sotelo is in it. We've had her on. Yeah. Anna Yoham, uh, Jewish, uh, she's on. And a bunch of other individuals, um, black, white, you know, really, really multicultural. And apparently the, uh, the director, and I wish I had the, uh, the posting, um, by the artistic director of of, of uh, San Jose Shakes, mm-hmm. basically uh, had a very mean spirited post about it. Basically, oh. I guess you know, was just very jealous. Didn't what? Didn't like being called out or what? Yeah, well, didn't like being called out, and also didn't like having. Uh, oh, okay, I have it right here. Scott yeah. Evan Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says uh, we ask you for grace. So basically, he's apologizing for. Making um, you know crude statements about what Berkeley Playhouse is doing, basically saying, "Well, you have two equity actors, and you have equity actors on contract, and we don't have that you know luxury." And you know, what do you, what do you guys think you're doing? As if saying, "Well, our show is going to be better than your show." Right, <laughs> um, Lordy, no, I hadn't heard anything about this. So, in any case, he says this: "We ask you for grace. We are currently meeting with people who have expertise 
to put us on a better track. We promise to be transparent with our steps to move forward. We have prided ourselves in the past for giving voice to the underrepresented on our stage and screen. Oh. We're now looking at where our efforts have fallen short. Mm -hmm. We are committed to deepening our knowledge and taking actionable steps to meet the call for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. It is our utmost priority to regain your trust. We need to do better, and we will. We have fallen short, and we are truly sorry. Posted by Guggenheim Entertainment, San Jose Playhouse. So I did get mm -hmm. it correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what's going on. And uh, Melvin <clears throat> Badiola, he put them on blast. And I think Eli Sonny or, or Kiza. But, sure. you know, if you are a theater company and you want to do a musical or something, you know, or, uh, you know, with a big cast, you'd better be, ex you know, uh, inclusive. Inc inclusive. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're going to advertise, you know, you're going to get called out. Well, the thing is, we're coming back. Mm -hmm. And are we going to come back? Uh, you know, Joe Biden. I, I, I don't need to give Joe Biden more credit, but are we going to build back better? Exactly. Or are we just going to come back doing the same crap that we were doing before? Because that's what we've been talking about for over a year is that's no longer acceptable. Right. So you can't just come back and go, oh, gosh, we couldn't do better. No, you can do better. You chose not to. Exactly. And here's a picture. Of course, this is horrible for a podcast, but you can see Into the Woods at Berkeley Playhouse. Oh. You got Anthony Rollins Mullins, who I stage managed for. Uh, we did, um, it was an off-Broadway West piece, uh, Master Harold and the Boys. Ooh. Very nice. good actor. Um, you, you have black actors. You have Latino actors. You have a Philippine actress. Um, mm. I see Asian actresses. So, you know, that's, this, you know, this represents the Bay Area community. Yeah. Yes, that yep. is the way to do it. Exactly. Yep. And Into the Woods, a Stephen Sondheim, you know, musical. It's not like you need to have. It's not like it's, you know, it's a story fairy about the tales. Deep South. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you need to have something that is, you know, I mean, even if you're doing like Shakespeare, we've talked about Shakespeare before. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have all white actors for right. Shakespeare. Oh, no, yeah. that's why it's really it's wonderful. Universal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on here in the Bay Area. There's some other current events that's going on. Well, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Ooh, right on. Basically heavens. telling the Republican Party, you know, What's that commercial, um, Sorry Charlie, or, you know, uh, oh, the, so, Silly the, Rabbit Tricks for Kids, you know. Oh, jeez. Because the Republicans tried to take, what they, they, they tried, tried to do to the steal. same thing yeah. that they did in 2002. They were successful in 2002, yeah. not this time yeah. around. Yeah. And so I'm very happy for uh, this generation. Three, wasn't it? 2003. You know what? I think it is 2003. Yeah. It began with Gray Davis and his yeah. inability to communicate. You yep. know, that's one thing that I give credit for Gavin Newsom for. He knows how to get in front of a camera. If he's made a mistake, he'll say it. And he's made some mistakes, mm -hmm. you know, both as a mayor of San Francisco. There was a time where he cheated. All the way through. I mean, lieutenant yeah. governor, he didn't mess up, but it's hard to mess up lieutenant right, exactly. governor. Exactly. <laughs> but here, you know, really the big issue was handling COVID-19. And I think he did very well. I think well. he did great, yes. especially at the beginning. He, You know, you could tune into the radio and find out what was happening and right. what people were doing and how soon were they going to have places where you could test. Because remember what we did not know that Wednesday when they said shelter in place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. We yeah. knew nothing. Right. No, right. The, for that first couple of months, it was just like, don't know what's going on, but I know I'm safe if I stay home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that we need from our leaders, I mean, I think back to Franklin D. Roosevelt or, oh. you know, just oh, or, please. you know, <laughs> even George Bush, you know, during September 11th, you know, just communication. Tell us as citizens what's going on, what do we need to do and what are you doing? Right. And that's what Gavin Newsom did. Yeah. That's what London did. Breed did. Yep. You know? yeah. And so 
and you know Larry Elder and all the other trolls who try to come in. It also just taking me, advantage. <clears throat> they were just trying to take advantage. Of I remember the in two thousand. I think it was in two thousand and seven. This is when Barack Obama was running for uh, senator of um, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. And the Republicans, they not only tried to get Mike Ditka to run, <laughs> yeah. not a politician at all, right? But they bust in Alan Keyes, right? If you remember from Maryland, <laughs> yeah, like a you know carpet bagging. If you know, right. if, you if you millennials don't I know, I think what he's still doing is. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, basically saying, "Oh, let's get you know some black Republican who will right. embody our values, sure, who can somehow hoodwink you know the black community to voting for them, right?" Um, but it just doesn't work. You know, this is a far more so intelligent far. community. So I'm so glad that uh, Gavin had that victory and a resounding victory. It was so I was it was nerve wracking, but it was so funny. Nerve wracking for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. I mean, it was like 824 where they were going, you know what? We've only got this much reporting right now. But if it keeps going in this way 70%. and then once L.A., you know, yeah. looked yeah. as big as it was, they were like, if. Unless the whole rest of the state goes another direction, right? You're yeah. you're out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the most popular, so I'm, I'm very very happy about that. And yet, three days before the election, or two days before the election, he had on his website that Gavin won, but it was with fraud. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, he already Elder. had that that's, up. That's, <coughs> yeah, three days. Yeah, building into you know this but, whole belief. You know, he he knew he was going to lose. Well, he knew what he was going to lose, and so already he's starting his lies early. Where where he's got it recorded and he can be found right. out that he was lying. Right. Well, yeah. not only that, <laughs> if he was doing that to scare people to the polls, when you said that the it's a it's rigged, people are not encouraged exactly. to go out and vote. Well, if you what's say the point of me rigged. voting if yeah. it's going to be rigged anyway? So it is the same thing that uh, Trump did that I loved. Mail-in mail in voting. Don't do it. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. And then all these places across the country had to go, wait a minute. All of our Republicans, that's the big thing that our older Republicans do is vote by mail, and you're telling exactly. them not to do it. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's kind of like all the Republicans who m might die from COVID because Keep they've been dying. told not to believe in COVID. Almost every day. There are a lot of folks I've been reading over and over, you know, individuals who, and the Post and the New York Times, they talk yeah. about, you know, I think there was a podcast host who didn't yeah. believe in it, who died. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes, yes. And on their deathbed, you know, individuals are saying, you know, I wish I had There's believed. been more than one. Yeah. And there's the woman who was actually threatening to sue the hospital because she didn't want the treatment they were going to give her. She wanted ivermectin. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. dead. The ho the horse, okay. what is it? The horse <laughs> dewormer. It's, it's yes. dewormer. Yeah. It's a dewormer. Yes. And, you know, I mean, Joe Rogan says he took it and three days later he's well. Yep. I suspect he took something else. Agreed. Or maybe he wasn't sick. Maybe he wasn't really all that sick. Right. So, but why, why push that? Why do against what the CDC says? Just well, do it. I am thankful for them because otherwise Gavin Newsom might not be governor today. So I am yeah. thankful for all of them and all that they are doing to help our state. Exactly. So also in the news, it actually this happened today, maybe only a couple of hours ago. I guess there was a, uh, a congressional hearing on the Na Larry Nasser yes um, yeah. fiasco and you heard some really compelling testimony from simone biles yep. and the others mm -hmm. in the uh, women's um, um gymnastics. gymnastics yeah basically saying not only did larry, larry nasa fail us not only did the u.s gymnastics fail us right. but the fbi yeah. yeah simply because you didn't want to believe young girls right we reported it you have it documented and you did nothing yeah and it's either you don't believe us or you think what happened was Hey, what's it's wrong? not that big a deal, yeah. right? Let me ask you this: um, Do you believe that you know that 
because I'm sure you've seen the women's live movement, you know, or, you know, like the Me Too movement. And the Me Too movement is really just another layer, another version yeah, yeah. of the women's liberation movement. Are things getting better for women or worse? I mean, what do, what do you think? a big question. Well, depends upon where. In, to, in uh, Sunday's New York Times, there was a full page ad that said, it can't happen here. It is happening here. Yeah. And it was right. bought and um, and paid for by the Freedom from Religion Foundation, uh-huh. and uh, their whole thing is to keep state, you know, right. church, church and, and state, state separated. Yeah. They had a, a you know that picture from um, from the Handmaiden's Tale oh, with the no. red costume. Yeah. Imagine how how useful an author feels when they write something, and 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 then it becomes part of. Everything on in the, yes. like in the, in the culture, yeah. and then that costume is even replicated in right. images right. all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very powerful. It's powerful. So, yeah. uh, but yes, and and my fear is because I knew they were going to try and get rid of the oh they've been trying the, 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 the right time. to abortion. Yeah. but then let's not forget Comstock, who didn't want women to have any um, any possibility of of parental any possibility of of control over their own bodies there was no birth control right uh margaret sanger whose birthday was like two days ago or something oh yay mm-hmm. yeah um she, how many times did she go to jail for <laughs> for trying to tell people that birth control is a possibility and this is what you right. have to do you can get a diaphragm or you can do something else you can become aware you, of your period you can uh, yeah well that's I know rhythm, that's not the best. Not the best. So well, I know. I know. Right? But but yeah. But now, so the question is: There's that um, uh, the morning after pill. Yes. yes. Yeah. Which I suppose I mean nobody even talks about when they talk about Texas right now. But right. But I'm sure you can get it in the mail. Right. That would be great. Yeah. Although I guess because now what's happening in Texas, I mean, it's become so draconian. It's almost like the Fugitive Slave Act, where it, even if you not help almost someone, like it yes, is like it is, and it, it is, is like that's the exactly Stasi, what it is, and it yes. is like Stalin, and it yeah. is like Hitler. It's it's turn turn them in, and turn you'll your neighbors get, in. You'll yeah. get credit for it. Yeah. You'll be we'll be good to you then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's horrible. It's really really horrible. So you're thinking things may be worse. I mean, you're absolutely right. Are you free? It depends on where you are. Right. A woman, and that's not how America should be. Right. You shouldn't be free in California, but not free in Texas. Right. Or not free in Alabama. Well, but then, then that whole thing about uh, the United States is states' rights, and right. And sometimes the liberals need to have states' rights, and sometimes the, the fascists yeah. want states' rights. I'm not yeah. calling them conservatives anymore. I, 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 can, I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's a big difference between the moderate conservatives. I mean, look at Manchin. Well, they're outside yeah, of democracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blue dog Democrats, that's what they call them. Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> sad. Um, to lighten the mood up a little bit, I mean, I, I'm always interested in hearing these things. It's always good to get a different perspective. We just can't, can't have two black men of talk course. about abortion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> abortion not rights. really. Yeah. But in any case, so very sad. I mean, not that it's light, but a woman died on Monday uh, on the bar train. Did mm-hmm. you hear about this? No. Yes. What you happened? Did hear about this. Mara pulled it up and read it to me. I was like, you know, no, 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 I really don't need the details on this. <laughs> so, so, so this woman on Monday, and I didn't know, I would have known about it, but I didn't go to work on Mondays. But right. in any case, she is on the BART. She, a train comes in. 
she sees a friend on the train that's mm-hmm. not the train that she wants to be on. So she pops her head in and says, hey, how are you doing? Um, her dog, who she has on a leash in the bar, on a On a in, harness. On a harness. Yes. Runs in. The door shuts. Oh, yep. She's outside. The dog is inside the bar. Basically, you you can tell what happened. Oh, yeah. The uh, yeah. train dragged her and she, oh, ah. she perished. Yep, yep. yep. No, uh, it was... I, I tell you, I mean, I, as many times I ride on the BART, I worry about the people who, you know, there are individuals who actually ride their little, um, the Car- scooters. Oh, yes, yes. On the BART tracks. Yeah. Or parents no, I had not known around. that. What? No, they not on the tracks, but like on the platform. Uh-huh, yeah. And you can get knocked over right. very easily. Yep, yep. You just got to be careful. You just no, you'll, careful. you'll hear, they'll say over the intercom, hey, you really need to walk that down there. You're not supposed to, but yeah. you know, there's usually nobody down there. So I can give you a little more lighthearted, though, sure. than that. Okay. And I have, I have actually Okay, go for it. Though. Okay, because that was not lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I read about this only about an hour ago. Her name is Kunhapuranga. She is a 22-year-old in the Amazon. She's part of an indigenous Amazon tribe. Okay. She has six million TikTok followers. <laughs> wow! <laughs> because she ate a larva. <laughs> okay. A larva, which is sure. what they do in the right. Amazon. Everybody does. Protein. But it just tells you the extent of social media. You know, even in the you know remote Amazon, right. teenagers have their phones and yep. they're got trying it. to get TikTok and yep. Facebook and Twitter well, followers. She got it. It's hey, weird. what can you do? It's peculiar. Yep. <laughs> this is the life that we live in. What was yours? Mine was, uh, so Jen Psaki, who used to be, I used to be a big fan, and now I'm like, she's good, but she's also... Oh, our, the press release person. Yes, uh, the White House press yes, 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 um, yes. secretary. She, um, so she's on, and some guy asked her, how can Joe Biden, who is a Catholic, be in favor oh, of abortion? Yeah. And... She says, well, he feels like it's a woman's right to choose and that that's something that it should be. A t- it's a hard decision. And that should be between a woman and her and her doctor. Um, and he kept going with the question. And she said, well, because there's a guy right asking the yeah. question. She says, well, I know you've never been in that experience and you never will be in that experience. But a lot of women are in that experience. And it's a difficult thing. It's a hard thing to do. So mm-hmm. it's really something that should be between them. And he kept trying to follow him. She said, no, actually, I, g- I gave you enough time. We're moving on. And the room erupts in applause. Excellent. Uh, yes, I, I heard about that. And, and what a great comeback. Well, you know, you got these Fox trolls who, you know, they act like they're, you know, reporters. Right. Independent reporters. But, of course, they're trying to get, you know, say these gotcha questions. Yeah, what about, what about, what about? Yeah, exactly. I'll say this. As a Christian, uh, I am a Christian, but I do not push my Christianity on other people. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to politics and when it comes to if you're a person in service. Right. It's a dangerous thing to do. You know, you can be a Christian and still be for pro-choice, which I am. Right. And I think it's important. It's an important distinction. for the, So for those who are, you know, friends of mine who are Christian and like, well, gee, I'm just so conflicted with, you know, this whole question. Listen, if that's your choice, if you are, right. if, if that's your personal choice, that's fine. But you cannot push, and a politician should not push their personal choice on someone else. Not in a democracy. And this not, is th- supposed th- to be a democracy. Exactly. And it's not America anymore if you don't have the <laughs> freedom. Right. I took a train trip to Reno many years oh, ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and some guy sat down beside me and started <clears throat> talking to me and talk, talk, talk. And then he started complaining about how the government was, 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 talking about expanding Medicare and all these people would get, you know, they were poor and they, and, and he would be paying for their, their health care. And I said, well, but 
surely as a Christian you should be kind to poor people and help them. <laughs> right. And exactly. he said, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, really, he really did say oh, that. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I want to ask. Good quote. Yes, yes, yes. Good quote. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you. I noticed when I looked up Pericles, yes. there were you had three different directors. There of are four episodes. episodes. They've done the play in four episodes because he's a young man at the beginning of the play, and he's an old man. Like he has oh. a daughter in the middle of the play, and in our episode, episode four, she is supposed to be. I think by the time they reunite, like sixteen. Wow. You're so, right, of course. So it goes on. Right, it goes on and on and on. The child gets lost or something. Yes, the child, yeah. gets, the child gets lost. He leaves does, the does, child. Does the child get lost and they floating report, on the ocean or something? The weird? child is born on the ocean. He says, wow, <laughs> I'm on my way someplace else. He drops her off with a king and queen that he likes and says, would you raise my child? And when he comes back, they said, pirates took her and she was killed. And they built a huge monument. So he actually comes back in the last episode and he mourns. I'm, I'm only giving really, away things before really my happen? episode. Mm-hmm. Did that really happen in the play, I mean? In the play, yeah. yeah. She, got t- she got taken by she, pirates? She, that's why I was a pirate, yes. I, I got to be one of the pirates. We do a recap. We do a seven-minute recap at the beginning child? of the play. No, we didn't murder her. We took her and we sold her to a brothel. Much nicer. Oh. <laughs> Much nicer. And then Pander. She, Pander runs the brothel, huh? And I, and I am understanding Pander, yes. Um, and you can find out what happened to her because you get to see her come to my brothel in episode four. Mm. Nice. So, I, I I will say I don't do anything to her. I do not touch no, no, that. No, no, no. But but you do. I do not mess her. with. I don't you mess with the, the money. The mer- <laughs> merchandise. I don't mess with the no, merchandise. No, no. Now I do handle the money. Now I did a show. Uh, we did Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Leontine oh, was yes. in it. Um, and who is Leontine playing? Thaisa. It's a good name, but it, she's a one and and Diana. She's got a little one, one little speech basically as Diana that is just gorgeous. I mean, it's Leontine, of course, she's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, with, with multiple directors, is there like associate directors or assistant directors? Is that what's going on? Um, I don't think they did. No, um, Rebecca Ennals directed the first oh, episode. We had her on, right? Uh, Carla Pantoya directed the second one and the fourth one, and Elizabeth Carter directed the third one. Ah. Wow. Every time nice. we do these shows or you're in a new show, it's like family reunion. You know, I know. Like, I know. It's insane to walk into a place like that and to go, I've worked with you and you and you and you. And, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, one actor who I've not worked with, I have now worked with, I am now working with, Alan Coyne. Ah. Said, oh, does that mean I have to give Norman his chair back? <laughs> because they have stacks of chairs for us because we're in the park so there's no place to sit so they have stacks of chairs for us and then when we're backstage they actually label the chairs so that that's your chair and the chairs are still labeled for from two years ago as you like it wow so alan has been using my chair (laughs) yeah here he is and small world alan coin and i we were on skin of we did skin of our teeth and of course we've had him on several times he's he's in everything and he's in my pants Excuse from me? as you like it. Wow! There you yeah, go. in fact, I showed somebody a picture, and they said, "Those are your pants." I went, they were, but Alan wears them much better than I do. I can see on that poster over there that 
it says um, mountain language. Did you do mountain language? As a matter of fact, I direct, yeah, uh, not, I'm sorry, I stage managed mountain language. That was directed by Bob Zick. He brought me in specifically for that. That's yeah. such a beautiful Pinter. play. Yeah. I know. Bru it's but brutal. It's, <laughs> it's completely brutal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, brutal in a good way. Um, it's one of those uh, pieces where it gets into language. It gets into, I think, uh, an totalitarian, well, it's, totalitarian it, it, and But group. let us not forget that yeah. we have for that the government of the United States forbid people to speak their own language yes. often, right. yes. very yes. often. Yes, yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, no, I'm glad that you brought that up. And with that, let's bring in um, Patricia Silver, Patty Silver. Um, tell us your origin story. You know, where, did, where were you born and raised, and how did theater <laughs> grab you? Oh, so I was born in New York City, and then when I was mm. five or six, parents uh, moved to Dallas, Texas. Oh, God wow, forbid. Mm. What, a, what a change. And so, but at and so you know how people do, you take your little child to give them piano lessons or ballet lessons. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, well, they, I don't know, I, they took us, they took me to, um, to children's theater, but it wasn't, it was like somebody had taken their garage and made mm. a teeny tiny theater uh -huh. with a little stage. And so little children were putting on plays under the direction of grownups mm -hmm. and, um, well, you can see my profile. It's got a pointy nose and a pointy chin. Ah. And ever since I was five years old, I've been typecast as the Wicked Witch or the Stepmother or something. Mm -hmm. So I played the Wicked Witch. And I can remember, oh my God, my hands How look like you? this now, five, six. Wow. And, and, um, and I remember putting makeup on my hands so that they would look old, which, of course, as you can <laughs> see, is what they look now. <laughs> and, uh, and I walked on stage, and the audience went, oh. And then later, as I was doing whatever I was supposed to be doing as the Wicked Witch, I could see they were paying attention to me. And I went, I want to do this. I guess because it was the first time anybody actually listened to me. Yay! Wow, wow. <laughs> Now, I don't want to date you. And that was in Texas? Dallas, yeah. Oh, okay. I, and I was just about to say, Dallas, Texas, and I don't want to date you, but this I'm placing this in the early 60s. Is that right? No. I would no. say that was the middle of the 50s. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not even the middle of the 50s. I was born 45. <clears throat> okay. Huh? Oh, yeah. we, won't do, we, we won't do the math. Don't do the math. Somebody <laughs> else can do the math. But and I was going to say... When I think of Dallas in the late 50s, early it's 60s, terrible. of course, of course I think about Ken oh, yeah. Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. Oh, well, I was gone by then. Okay. But you can think about apartheid or segregation. Yes. Right. I yes. Can, we went, we went, <laughs> so we went to, um, to buy, to Sears to buy uh, outdoor furniture and mm -hmm. there was a, a water fountain and there right. was a water fountain and that water fountain said, for whites only. And I said to my mother at age five, I said, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And she she said, it, 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 it means you have to have a white, uh, a white coat on. Mm. Ah! <laughs> she just didn't know what to do with yeah. it. Quick thinking. She didn't know what else to say, yeah. Oh, but, the, but also part of my origin story, <coughs> I think, there was a theater there, the Margot Jones Theater, which was um, theater in the round. Mm. Um, you know, four mm -hmm. sides had audience, so we were very close. It was mm -hmm. kind of like Central Works, only yeah. bigger, yeah. but that close. And uh, they were doing The Heiress. Who wrote The Oh, Heiress? gosh. Uh, is that Shaw? I George Bernard Shaw? No. Uh, GBS? I don't know. But anyway, uh, The Heiress, mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, I don't know, she's having trouble marrying or whatever it is, but she's supposed to be rich. But the costume, of course, was mended a lot and, mm-hmm. and patched. And I said to my mother, I said, but she's supposed to be rich. <laughs> so my mother had to explain to me about theater, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think that has stuck with me because now it's like, as long as it looks good from 10 feet away, it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. sometimes the actor has to <laughs> breathe life into the costume. Right. But, but I, I do that with real life, too. If it's 10 feet away and, and, and it looks like it's mended or clean, Augustus super. Goats and Ruth Goats. Goethe? Goats? The heiress? No, G- G-O-E-T-Z. The Goats. heiress. Yeah. The heiress? Interesting. The it's heiress. a famous old play. I don't think anybody does it now, mm-hmm. but yeah. How, really? how long did you say you didn't stay I in uh, Dallas? Yeah, for two no, um, um, uh, went away to school when I was nine because they were working somewhere, came back, went away to boarding school when I was like 14 because my mm. brother was going away to college in Boston and mm. they were going away to work. And um, <clears throat> so I went to a girls' boarding school outside of Boston. Ah, mm. I see. And I did... And, and and we had the Footlighters Club, Footlighters, nice. of course, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was all girls. So I played Tom, <laughs> the brother in Glass Menagerie. Oh, the okay! Menagerie. Wow! Wow! And, and my mother saw it, and all she knew to say was, "But you played." A boy, a man. <laughs> well, she shouldn't be worried. I mean, oh. what choice did they have? Well, no, it's just, it's just, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then, okay, so I was in Boston, living in Boston, going to school in Boston. No, I think I had flunked out of school. I think I was working at a theater company in Boston, mm-hmm. the Charles Playhouse, and this company came around, and 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 I was in. Harvard Square and these people dressed up in Renaissance clothing mm-hmm. came around and gave you a, a leaflet saying that they were the San Francisco Mime Troupe and they were presenting a Commedia La Mante Militaire at some place. But I couldn't go because I was working. Uh-huh. So I, but they were doing it at Goddard. Right. And so I, and nobody wanted to go with me because it was going to snow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it did. So I drove the four hours to Goddard, and, and why? Why was I mean? I it's it. I, I mean, I was really like plugged into it, mm-hmm. and I drove four hours in those op art snowstorms. Did you ever live in snow? Yes. It's just shocking. Right. It's just white dots coming at white you. White dots, yeah. And I saw this play, the Montmartre, in which they. Um, talked about how, well, it was all about the Vietnam War. It was adapted from Goldoni to be about the Vietnam War. Right. And, um, and it was about uh, how wrong war is, but it was also about how wrong, how pacifism doesn't get you anywhere either. So if you, you need to actually fight if you want to end war. Right, yeah. And I thought, and I had no politics. I, I didn't know mm-hmm. from nothing. You weren't a hippie? N- n- no, not then. When mm. I moved out to California, then yes, but but no, then I was just a theater person, and theater persons are weird enough anyway, right? Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I mean, you know, it sounds it's like you such know, a, you... such a conglomerate <laughs> of people show up. Right. I mean, you weren't just hungry to be on stage, but just to see theater. Yeah, so, yeah. And so, um, so I thought they are ethically 
correct. Mm-hmm. That's really great. And I went to the party afterwards, and I said to the guy who ran the company, Ron, Ronnie Davis, um, mm-hmm. if I come to California, is there anything for me to do? And he said, I don't know. Come to California and see. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And that was it. Well, kind of. That was the invite. Yeah. So I did it anyway. Um, and I had been stage managing and acting with a non with a non-equity company Mm -hmm. uh, as part of, you know, the equity company had a non-equity company that went around and did kids shows and um, shows in high schools. Uh Mm -hmm. So I told them I was uh, a stage manager and they said, and it was 1968, Mm. they said, and none of us noticed it, well, our stage manager just left. Do it until we can get another guy. Right. Oh, wow. Right. Like, okay. Uh, but then I stayed and I was stage manager mm-hmm. for a long time. I stayed with them for f- 14 years. Yay. But wow. the Mime Troupe didn't have half, it didn't have any of the equipment it has now. Right. It just didn't. It was all about making sure that the guy who ran off stage could slip into the costume and get back on stage. Yeah. No, yeah. Stuff like that. I was that. just about yeah. to say, I couldn't imagine doing any sort of tech in the late 60s. I wouldn't even know what equipment, like exactly. lighting equipment. No. They would mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Well, and thank God I didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then we went on tour, and I was still stage manager, but then we would have tech to do lighting and sure. sound. Now, how was Sam, I mean, we, you know, we, there, San Francisco is known for, you know, its live, in the liveliness in, in the 60s. How was living in San Francisco in the 60s? Probably not the right person to ask. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did. I, 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 we hung. I hung with the theater company, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, we did. We, we, we got up a marching band, and we went to, uh, to on marches. We accompanied marches in the middle or in the front or whatever it was. But it was always, if anything happens, don't do it. You have a show tomorrow. It was right, a variation I totally on that you. thing, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So it was theater, um, <clears throat> and um, I'm not saying nobody did drugs because people did do drugs, but that wasn't what it was about. Right, sure. Except when we started doing, uh, we started having a lot of musicians around. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. <laughs> And they did that. I was going to say, you were in your early 20s, so you weren't as young as, let's say, some of the other hippies who were like, oh, I mean, the folks were like, hey, you know, experiment. I mean, it sounds like you were more grounded at that time. I was so happy to have found what I wanted to do in, 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 in theater, mm-hmm. yeah. in, you know, and to be, and it was funny. Well, that's, I mean, the point is, it was, it was all comedy and it was all political. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was great, <laughs> you know, made you feel useful. Now, how, um, because, and I'm taking you've been here ever since? Yes. Okay. Did you, um, did you balance, I mean, did you always do theater? I'm, I'm sure you had to, did you, could you sustain yourself or did you have a day job? Uh, no, I did not need a day job. I, uh, I was supported by a man, a dead man, but mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much where all the money goes is into the men's yeah. pockets. <laughs> but I imagine you work with a bunch of theater companies. Right. Well, okay, the so I stayed with the Mime Troupe until 82. And then, um, oh, I did a good show with the 
with the, with the Julian Theater. Did you ever know them? Yes. R- Richard Rhinexis? Um, I didn't know. I knew the space. I didn't know the yeah. folks that had actually been doing right. the, the, the uh, Petrero Neighborhood Hill. House. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it was a show, um, a, a play written by a guy who had to been in the mime troupe, a guy named Steve Friedman. The name of the play was Homeland. Mm. It was mm-hmm. a, It was written about South Africa and apartheid. Mm-hmm. Before 1991, it was in the 80s, so it was sure. before the laws changed, and that was a good one. Mm-hmm. It, oh man, it was um, it was a it was a, a, a man who was sent a, 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 an executive in the company mm-hmm. who was sent to his his co- his companion his like person in uh, to visit in Connecticut and to find out the ways of things that were done and and Mm -hmm. his family I played his wife the no I didn't play the South African wife I played the Connecticut wife Mm -hmm. Um, and so the South African came with his wife his little girl and the maid to take care of the little girl and they went to visit the uh, Connecticut people uh, who had uh, who had the husband and the wife oh but the children Muffy and Duffy I don't know what their names were but it's basically Mm -hmm. that Uh and two maids they were the stars of the show. They were oh, the ones who uh-huh. were talking about what is it like in South Africa? What is it like in the United States? Sure. This is good. You can't do that. You can't, you know? Yeah, right, it, was, yeah. it was really beautiful it about about um, about racism and capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? it's meant, it, as she was talking about that, there was percolation of talking about South Africa even in the 80s right. before it became, you know, I guess... A real pushing thing because I remember in Duke Ellington School of the Arts, mm-hmm. we did uh, scenes from Soweto. Oh, where I played uh-huh. Nelson Malyulbani, and basically for us kids, and I was you know seventeen years old around mm-hmm. that time. It gave us an education. We had no idea what was going on. Right? But, yeah. Right. So, How could you have unless? Right. But, I mean, it's like okay. So I went to college and I studied theater. Do you know I left? Well, okay, I flunked out, but even so, I left <laughs> that <laughs> theater. In training, I didn't know who Bertolt Brecht was. I knew who Shaw was, uh-huh. but that particular teacher only liked Shaw. He didn't right. talk. Yeah. I mean, nobody was going to talk to us about mm-hmm. socialism. Right. Right. About about who owns everything and is that the right way to run a world? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's one of the things that we've had that we people have talked about when they go to college. Usually you get an education, but usually the education is very mm-hmm. much in the box mm-hmm. by the teacher mm-hmm. who has their own philosophy of, of what mm-hmm. it is. And it's up to the student to either break out. I mean, you can stay in the box if it's comfortable for you, but you can, I think you learn more. There are a lot of, I guess, the best actors are the ones who can break out of the box and sort of, you know, find other ways of, of communicating and, and using your talents and, and such. I think yeah. I think there are all kinds of ways and people find their niche, but some people are not confined to just one way of doing it. Right. Which is the other thing we love about theater. There's so many different, th- I mean, I guess what I love about theater, so many things, but there's a, there's a whole lot of emotional um, things that I have never experienced, but I get to do it in the theater. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, even mentioning Glass Menagerie, like I'd never thought about that. And we're in this, this time Ibsen where. Or Chekhov? I get, I get no, um, Tennessee Williams. Tennessee yeah. Williams. Oh, yeah. Tennessee. And, um, and no, I, was, I was thinking of the dollhouse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, but right. um, oh, yeah. to take no. that story, that coming of age story, 
and to say, okay, we're going to, what happens if we change the gender on this? We are so living in this time where gender flips. Oh, that sure. Yeah. To take that story, and it's like, oh my God, no, that story becomes at least as interesting because the struggle, because I, I would argue, and I know people argue about this, whether or not Tom is gay, whether or not Tom is identifiably gay in the play. There are hints at it. Some people say, no, that's not true. Some people say it's absolutely true. But I say it doesn't really matter because that's not really what the story is about. Right. So if you take that and you put it, the same struggle is he's trying to figure out who he is and how he fits in the world. It doesn't matter what person you put in it. But when you put a woman in that situation, (laughs) the audience is going to sit there and And they will lose their mind the same way Amanda loses her mind. Mom is going, why can't you just be a man? Yeah, and I remember doing the monologue from Glass Menagerie where he's basically just flipped out. He's like, listen, I'm taking care of everything. You people are crazy. I can't find my true identity. Mm -hmm. Now, as a man, I know how that is. But let's say if I'm a woman... It takes on a due meaning. That's what I'm saying. And it's exciting to see that even back at a young age, you were getting this experience. How do I make sense of this? How do I tell this story? Yeah, well, it was really early in my life, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I was hoping to learn my lines and not bump into the (laughs) furniture. (laughs) So you did have formal training. When I wanted to... Barely, but I did. What type of a what type of theater do you gravitate towards? It's, it's obviously you like comedy. But, well, yeah. Well, political, but it's hard to do political theater. Uh, but something that has that that challenges uh, entrenched notions of how the world sure. should be run. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, the blues I'm playing by Langston Hughes. Yes. When I started working with Word for Word, which started with us. Um, I was at the. I was. I had been in a theater company called the Z Collective for. I Yay. think we were five years old. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. And is then, that thing of Z Space. Yeah. That it, is where it, Z Space it, came it from. Ah. The Z it, Collective it evolved. It died and turned its five hundred one c three over to the Z Space Studio. It still was um, David's baby. Yeah. And David is now David Dower. Yeah. David Dower is now doing. Um, the uh, I, what is he? He's the executive producer of the Setwat Seven Fingers, which is, rep- which is at Club Fugazi in North Beach. It's a oh, it's a is he? I didn't know he was back out here. Yeah, yeah, he's here. He's running that. Wow, I yeah. would love to see him. Oh, you should see the show. But what was mm-hmm. I saying? Oh, we were talking about you. Oh, yeah, oh, what yeah. kind of theater? So yes. and then and so then I'm working with the, with word for word. So I found that story which I loved because. Uh, and Ellen Sebastian Chang directed it first, um. and and lately when we put it up again, she said, "Now we, tell me again why you wanted to do this." I said, "Because it it's got race, it's got class, it has history, and it has music. It's fantastic." Yeah, mm-hmm. Langston gets a bad bad rap. I mean, when it comes to contemporary African American, really, why does he get a bad rap? Well, I, I mean, from what I he's old timey. Old timey. That's, oh, for that's God's exactly sakes. right. Okay. Exactly. Hello. Yes. I mean, it was a while ago. If, if, what do you yeah, want yeah. from life? If you ask a millennial who Langston Hughes is, they would they would be they would stutter or whatever. They or, would have trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's speak again to the who gets educated well. Exactly. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Which is important. Why? But that's they why. do know who Richard Wright is. Exactly. Barely. Barely. Yeah. Barely. That's why yeah. we were able to do the show because, and it's so funny because we're working on a Baldwin piece now, and it's like this is different. Everybody knows who Baldwin was. People knew the name Richard Wright, but they really couldn't name more than one book, and they may not have read that book. Right. right. And it's even worse when it comes to Langston Hughes. 
I mean, yeah. I remember being in junior high school, and there was one kid who, I guess the teachers got her to read a Langston Hughes poem, mm-hmm. and it was all in black dialect, and, you know, we oh, all sort of had So it wasn't the it. Crystal Stair. might have been. That one's got a little t- dialect no, in it. No, it, it was a mother talking to uh, a daughter. Uh, talk, talk to a son, I think. Mother talking to a son. Yeah. And it's basically just very cute, like, boy, get your butt out, you know, out right. of the bed. Pull your pants up. Put yeah. your pants up. And <laughs> it was it was played for comedy, but it can easily be misconstrued into, mm-hmm. like, you know, step and fetch it or Aunt sure. Jemima talk. But, now, have talk. you, you hear, uh, have you know Rhiannon Giddens? Yeah. I'm ashamed to say no. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> You're in for a treat. You yeah. are in for a mind-blowing treat. She's amazing. The first thing she started, what, she went to Juilliard. Mm-hmm. She plays the banjo. Hello. Yeah, she does. And, um, she and does she, these field and then, songs, and the, among but, other things. Uh, and, but the songs, that, uh, the songs that she writes are also oh, her, yeah. fabulous. Yeah. And her first album was the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> she, and it's great. And... Um, well, you have to. I saw her. I that. think it was on Letterman. Um, I think it was on Letterman, and they did uh, Water. It was either Letterman or Saturday Night Live, and they did Water Boy. Huh. And oh, you just as soon as she starts, this it's like a field call, a holler. Mm. And as soon as she starts in, this little skinny thing with this voice, and then all you know, there's somebody yes. on a string bass, yes. <laughs> and it's just she says Water Boy, thump. Where are you calling? Thump! Now you don't come. I'm gonna tell your daddy. And then she goes, just falls into rhythm in the song. And at that point, I was just like, I don't know who you are, but I will be watching you for the rest of my life. Every time she comes here, as soon as I hear about it, it's already sold out. She did um, the community music at Mm. one point. She's done, I think, SF Jazz. or no, is it the conservatory music? Maybe she's done maybe. there. Yeah. She does these places, and she'll do concerts. But she also likes to talk about the music. Yeah, it, remember yeah. the group Lady? Uh, maybe I'm missing. Lady, Ma- Lady Smith. Lady Lady Smith Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that. Although they they yeah. focus on South Africans. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, it's still yeah. the traditional Negro spiritual type music, that is, which, and talks about the history. Yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that's awesome. She's got this one song about. Um, I guess it's the end of the Civil War, and the white woman is saying, "Oh, come! Won't you stay with me? Won't you stay with me? Haven't I treated you well?" And mm-hmm. she's saying, "No, ma'am, I'm not going to stay with you, cause, cause this is like being in hell." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's stuff. It's stuff that we really need. It's, yeah. and, and just like Langston Hughes, you know. It's, it's, well, it's, I would it's, say it's, Hughes it's, yeah. is different um, in that Hughes was speaking at his time to his time. Yes. And then Richard Wright. Then that whole next generation came, and they were totally rejecting who and what he was. That's exactly right. And that's and, a shame, but. Yeah. And but that's, that's what that, happened. that happens. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still important to understand our history, even if you don't like the history. We've talked, I think, last podcast about the whole Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben thing and the rebranding Which thing. I'm sort of <laughs> sorry about. I mean, it would be better if they said, well, let's tell the real history of how Aunt Jemima came and right. came into being. Right. And let's own that. And then if we want to be totally political about yeah. it, let's give some money from the company towards those communities to help because she the original woman is a fictional character that an ex-slave yeah. brought to life and she started saying yeah. well they wrote bad stories for her and so she said no i'll just tell i'll tell my stories <laughs> 
And that's what sold it. They did it at a World's Fair, Chicago World's Fair. That's right. I was reading what up year? on it. I can't the, remember. The 40s. Well, actually, yeah, I think the brand was the in 40s. the late 1800s, and they were looking for an actress to play right. this fictional character. Mm-hmm. They actually had a woman in blackface. It was actually oh, a white icky. woman. <laughs> but it was like the eight, late 1800s, then they actually got a black actress, right. and then the radio period came in the 20s. Right. And they got an actress who did so well. That it became her career. Yeah. But she got into controversy because, of course, she came across black folks who were like, hey, you're playing Aunt Jemima and you're getting paid? Right. What's going on here? Right, right. So you have these conversations. Um, but it's it, it's interesting history. I had a question for you, Patty. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you are very woke. I mean, you're, you're a woke <laughs> woman and you, you believe in multiculturalism and whatever. I'm sure you run into individuals who are maybe just like you. Maybe they're not as woke. You know, there's some. Because we run into theater communities where let's say there's someone who is the artistic director mm-hmm. or someone who's in power they want to do diversity right but they don't know the language or they think they're diverse but they're really not right let's stick a black person in there or whatever have you run across those people have you had these uh, difficult conversations like listen um well, you you know i don't um probably but i don't remember them the only one i remember actually it it, it, it it was just, it was maybe um, during the Iran war, just after, mm. it, you know, when we were attacking mm-hmm. whoever we were attacking, and, yeah. and there was some sound cue that was actually the Muzin calling people to prayer. Mm. Ah, and, uh-huh. and I thought, I think this is disrespectful. Oh, right. That's very good. That's a good mm-hmm. point. You know, something like that. And I, mm-hmm. I guess we changed it. Yeah, it, it misconstrues, you know, like an actual Muslim calling or let's say Muslim and mixing it with extremism. Yeah. And, it and was you, just, it was just, and anyway, you took somebody's religious thing and yeah. used right. it for a sound cue. Right, right, right. Yeah. I totally just, understand. It yeah. was, yeah. Um, and, be, and, and I think I wouldn't have minded had it been... 20 years before mm-hmm. yeah but but because we were fighting this war and um and there were so many people who were oh uh, you know killing sikhs because they had a turban so they thought they were arabs and of right. course they're yes. not but right 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 you know, right the stranger yeah, yeah. Um, as far as your theater life right now, I mean, are you, <laughs> I mean, you know, you have lived, I'm sure you can write a book. I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, write all about, you know, the history of Bay Area theater from your experiences. If uh, I could remember anything. <laughs> I was going to say, should, should we share that? The, uh, our, our scapegoat story? Oh, please, let's. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we hadn't seen each other in forever, and a friend had bumped into Patty. And said, oh, I said, I'd heard Patty was in the East Bay now. And she said, yeah, she's in Berkeley. You should get in touch with her. I said, I'd love to. So I get in touch. And the we're first like, time we met, it was in the East Bay. word. No, the first time Oh, first time, time we, we met, met was, um, oh, uh, gosh, uh, uh, not, was not the nightmare. What was the other? Scattering poems. Oh. Wasn't that it? Were no, I think, I think we met. That was maybe the first time we worked together. Yeah. I think we met. Um, I think when I did a house on Mango Street, because oh, yes, you would all come, the yes, ladies yes, yes, of yes. Word for Word would come and see the show, which was yeah. the weirdest thing. One, I don't even know who this collection of people is, but they got to come in and see like a final run through. Yeah. And we're like, who are you? And they're all just so wonderful, so polite and so welcoming. <laughs> um, so I remember that. And then it was um, Baba, yeah, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Oh, Baba Yaga. Where um, I got to play. 
A witch. The witch. <laughs> but but a cool ass Russian witch. I mean, with a house with on chicken legs yeah. that runs around the forest. It's okay. very cool. Um, but immediately, like the first time, you were just so welcoming and so happy to see me, and I was like. Oh, oh, and I finally had to go, oh, wait, okay, wait, you're one of those people, and now I know who those people are, the women of, and I always call it that, the women of word for word, but I realized, oh, my God, oh, so you're not an audience person, right? and so we got to do a show, I was like, yay. And then, as as chance would have it, um, there was a a play, uh, playwrights, uh, playground. 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 Um, so, they, yeah, we're catching up. And right. she's, I said, have you done anything since you've been in the East Bay? Oh, and I said, um, I said, yeah, I did a show uh, about a, a black superhero. It was called Scapegoat. And he said, yeah, I think I directed that. I said, well, no, because there yeah. was there was a reading and a and a production. Right. So I didn't direct the reading. So I was like, well, maybe she talked about the reading. She said, no, 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 we did a full production. I'm like, I directed that. Right. It's like you and you didn't realize neither it? of us. Neither, neither of us. We just had, wow. It was like it was it was an interesting show actually. Uh-huh. And and um, but but it and it went it, through changes. And it went through a lot of changes. And it was and it was. It was so, it was interesting. It was written by, and now especially with BIPOC and all of that, mm-hmm. yes. It was written by a white guy, and it was about a black superhero. Um, and his creator, the creator of the superhero. Mm-hmm. Right, who was, who was a black guy. And, but he came from um, um, a mixed race marriage. Right. Yeah. So Freud, it's old Freud. And yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And, um, and I played the mother. I was... And we learned so much. And and what I ended up saying when we when we discovered this memory together um, was, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where as a director, I worry about the things I need to worry about. The things I don't need to worry about, I don't worry about. So actors who are like I did learn. We learned more about your character and how your character yeah. fit in the story from the work that was going on. So those actors, I don't worry about those actors because that's not what I need to fix. What I need to fix is this other moment that sucks and we got to find some way to make this entrance work. Right. You, I could, in fact, we changed, we kept changing your blocking and you had to get out in a wheelchair. You had to get yourself (laughs) out there. With no light, so that the light could come up on you in a wheelchair and be in your in your spot <laughs> and it's in the wheelchair. Not like they can't see, the audience can still see because right. there's kind of light all around. Yeah, there's a bleed. Light. Yeah, so you think I'm not fooling anybody. <laughs> but you know, but it was a part of, and for me, it's the part of the nature of the show of the, of the production that we're doing. So I'm not worried about it, but Patty is very worried about it. So we're adjusting. So that it works better. And it does. It's better storytelling by saying, well, can we find a way to make this happen so that you don't feel like you're clunky and coming out and doing this? Those things I don't worry about. So, yeah, I, that, the mother I was not even worried about. So, yeah, I wasn't yeah. thinking about Patty. I was thinking about what's going on with the main character and, and, and how do we get the gun and, on stage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and I, wanted, I, I want this show to go to some place that has a big enough budget so that the fights between the superhero and his nemesis mm-hmm. can be on bungee cord. So yeah. you come flying so out of the wings. So that we can see the flying, yeah. yeah. Hit each other and go back into the wings. I keep hearing great things about Scapegoat. I've got to, I've got to see it. Scapegoat's incredible. It was wonderful. It was a really interesting 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. We got to we got to interview Bill Did about you? a Bill month Bivens. and a half ago. Yeah. Bill Bivens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to be respectful of people's time. We've hit the one hour mark. We've had so much fun. But it sounds like you're getting all that you want out of Bay Area theater. You're not a frustrated Never actress. enough. <laughs> Never enough. Oh, I did that show. Did you see that story? One of the stories Word for Word did, um, written by Alice McDermott, called, uh, I think it's called, well, I can't remember what it's called. So there mm. you are. But Maybe It's Enough is the name of it. Ah, anyway, uh-huh. it's a short story, and it starts with um, um, uh, 1940s, a marriage. Um, the little girl uh, has to clear the table. She uh, always clears the table, especially she loves clearing the table from the dessert because then she would just lick all the ice <laughs> cream out of everybody's dish. Okay. And then time goes on, and uh, the woman, uh, and that woman grows up and has babies and this and... and um, so forth and so on, but still there's ice cream. And the last scene, I mean, this woman had a full life, lots of children, grandchildren, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and, and pleasure. It was, and she just did it all for pleasure. She loved having babies, or whatever it was. And finally, at the end, she's, um, she's got a pint of ice cream in her hand, and she's, she, she licks the spoon, mm-hmm. and she says, pleasure. Never enough. And some lady in the audience says, That's right, sister. Wow. <laughs> How powerful. Well, the, li- the little things. The little things. That's awesome. I loved it. Uh, well, I, uh, I guess we better um, close it up. Shout outs, birthdays. Shout outs. I got, I got birthdays. Mm-hmm. I, I got birthdays. Whose birthday is it today? Gosh. Um,. Daryl Harper, that's whose birthday it is today. Yes. <laughs> um, wonderful actor, wonderful Bay Area actor. Yeah. Um, and then um, I love giving the occasional shout out to the producer side of the theater world. Mama Ife Tayo Ayo Walker is somebody I went to college with, San Francisco State, and um, has been encouraging productions ever since. So she's huh. her birthday is coming up. Andrew Jordan Nance is a um, guy who mostly works at uh, NCTC, at uh, New Conservatory, uh-huh. um, uh, and more on directing and administrative side, I think, but theater. Champagne Hughes, wonderful African-American actress um, in Oakland. Uh, Paul Jennings, somebody else I went to college with. If you ever want to dive deep into the Shakespeare, the conspiracy, the, uh, the controversy oh, who about it? who wrote it, Paul is your man. He oh, will he will know. swear to you that he knows who it is. I know who it is too. Her name oh, is Oh her. Well, it, it it's really it was it was somebody discovered that the musical director in the court um, when Shakespeare was writing mm-hmm. was a nice Jewish man and he had a nice Jewish daughter and um, and 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 uh, and she was educated and they went they went all around the, with the court and they mm. went to Italy and so they knew all about Italy ah, and so uh-huh. in this particular magazine article right. Shakespeare was a Jewish woman yes. hey. Oh, wow. hey. Hey why not <laughs> um, Shinichi Iova Koga is an actor I've actually had very little interaction with but um, I love watching his name comes up he keeps doing Japanese inspired and inspired by Japanese theater and Japanese inspired movement stuff. Um, Bay Area guy, Christine Young. His birthday is coming up. Wonderful director in Bay Area. 
Uh, Amber Rubarth, uh, yeah, somebody we've had on the show. Yeah, she is a composer. She's actually more of a musician than a theater person, but wrote a beautiful play called The Paper, Pla- uh, Paper Raincoat, which I would love to see go somewhere. Sounds lovely. Uh, Kristen Carson. Kristen, not Kristen. Wow, is she really Kristen? Krista Carson is what I've always known her as. Somebody else I went to high school with ended up taking over our theater um, high school department um, and just tried to retire before COVID. (laughs) And they got her to come back for one more year. So now I think she's officially retired. Um, And she actually married her high school sweetheart. uh, uh, Uh Uh-huh. Elhai, as his last new boy, Phil Elhai. I, I remember his brother because we were in the same class. Mm. Um, but Phil, and they've been together all this time. Julie Evans, wonderful actress who got to work for with me when I was just starting Oakland Public Theater. First time that I think I got to cast a beautiful woman and then had to direct her through romantic scenes and sat there the whole time going, I know what I would do about this, <laughs> but I got to put all that on the shelf. And she's and the funny thing is she's she's gorgeous. She's wonderful. Um, she's also an incredible comedian. She is ah. so funny. And I was like, oh man, you gotta do more comedy. <laughs> Sherry Young, the founder of the African American Shakespeare Company, mm-hmm. is the last one I have on my list for this week. All right, and I've got a, a couple. Uh, let's see. Oh, I gotta pull my list up again. Hold on for a second. Do, 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 do. Birthdays. Here we go. Uh, and if there, yes. yeah, if there are any that you <laughs> I, want to, yeah, Abby Roan, we both know him. You Abby, him. his birthday was yesterday. Oh, okay, that's and, why he's not on my list. Yeah, exactly. And uh, three days ago, a guy I've got to have on, George Gill. So just before is one of the shows that I would have done at COVID, not shut it down. Uh, it was uh, Tiny Beautiful Things. Oh, right. Um, yes. Uh, Plethos was going to do that at the DMT, mm-hmm. and he is just a fantastic actor. Really don't doesn't have a lot of um, theatrical training. Mm-hmm. But just natural skill. We got. I've got to get him on because mm-hmm. he's really just fantastic. Uh, his birthday is three days ago. Happy birthday, George! Uh, someone you both you and I know, Rajiv Vijay Makur Vijay Vijay Kumar. I'm glad I don't have to name it. <laughs> Vijay Kumar, uh, Rajiv. Yeah, he was our um, set designer. Set designer for Four Men in Paris. Yes, incredible. <laughs> God, I would love to get in touch. Yeah, with Yeah, exactly. His birthday is tomorrow. Um, Send him a card. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, Cat Downs. Uh, she is a. Uh, I've worked with Cat Downs, I believe, at the Darkroom Theater. Uh, a musician, uh, excellent keyboardist, and uh, her birthday is on the seventeenth. On the 18th, Saturday, Brandon Campamille, um, I acted with him. We did Godspell. Oh. And uh, he was Jesus. And he mm-hmm. was, you know, a uh, really fun-loving Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, happy birthday to him. Fun-loving Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I like that image. Yeah. Rebecca Loveless. Um, <laughs> That's a different universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. she, uh, she was a... Um, Theater person, she was married to uh, the lead actor of Bat Boy when uh, oh. you see the poster oh. at the very bottom back there. Mm-hmm. And uh, her birthday is Saturday. Uh, uh-huh. also, uh, on Sunday, um, oops, that's a uh, co worker of mine, it has nothing to do with theater. Uh. Uh, we've talked about Amber Rubarth. On the 22nd, Wednesday, I have no idea when we're going to come back. So, <laughs> oh, right, probably <laughs> be that week before. Yeah. Uh, Regina Johnson. And uh, she is a actress who uh, I graduated with uh, at Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Wonderful actress. Actually, had some um, spent some time in Hollywood, and oh. now she's back taking care of her mom in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Wonderful and a beautiful actress. So Regina, if you're out there, happy birthday to you! On the 23rd, John Hutchinson, the Hutch. Yay! Uh, his birthday will be uh, then at one of the. He's probably the oldest person that I've interviewed on the yay. I was going to ask if you do, do. Do you know the age? 
He's probably 83. I think he'll be 83. <laughs> he, he actually says he was young enough to remember the fireside chats. Of a oh, my God. Belt. Jeez. And, uh, you know, you got to be up there to mm-hmm. remember that because that's like 1945. Oh, yeah. To be young enough to remember that. I think right. you were born in the 40s, but... I was born in 45. I Five, remember. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known nothing. I think FDR was uh, dead then. Um, yeah. Also on the 23rd, Linda Ayers Frederick. Yay! Linda Ayers Frederick. Happy yes. birthday. Ab- absolutely. And she Done is, of course, the owner of, of the Phoenix Theater. Yep. Hopefully still still do. I don't know what's going on with the Phoenix these it, days. It's worth asking. Yeah. Well, what's going on with anybody these days? Right. Yeah, very true. Well, that'll be the next thing we'll talk about. <laughs> on Saturday, uh, the 25th, Justin Sadonian, he sort of taken over Ray of Light Theater. So I believe he's the artistic director there. So mm-hmm. happy birthday to him. And Ray of Light, they do all sorts of fantastic musicals. Uh, out of the Victorian Theater, one of the oldest theaters in uh, in San, San Francisco. Fran, yeah, yeah, it used to be a burlesque house. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. Yes, it was. You should see the dressing rooms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm going to close it up there because I'm sure we'll have another yay before September ends. I think I think we will. I, yeah. we, we'll, we'll talk about it. I don't have shows because I've been yeah just. Trying to learn friggin' Pericles. So I've got a couple of shows. Of course, we're going to pump Pericles, Prince of Ty. Uh, Tire. 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 I'm sorry about that. Yep. I forgot the R. Um, you're in it. Alan Coyne is in it. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, um, Leontine is in it. Leontine is in it. Yeah, Leontine. Yeah. But Elizabeth Carter uh, directed, directed one. one yes. A third yep. of it. And also... Um, who else? Uh, Amber Rugarth. No, not Amber no, Rugarth. Um, uh, Carla Pantoja. Uh, Rebecca Ennels. Rebecca Ennels, exactly. Rebecca. So we ha- and we have the link, sfshakes.org. Yeah. Also, Working. a good oh. friend of mine, uh, Eko Yamamoto, is doing one of my favorite musicals. I did the musical when I was in um, uh, Ellington. Working. By Studs Terkel. Yeah, Basically, yeah, yeah. It's fat. a collaboration of just working class people. Right. And all sorts of... And it of has that, that song, Mill Worker's Daughter. Oh, yes. Oh, heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. Me and my machine for the rest of the morning, for the rest of the afternoon, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh. Father to Son, that's a song that's a very uh, oh, okay. cheerjerker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, you know, a man who's, you know, it's one of the, it's almost like a Cat Stevens like song. Sure, yeah. Um, basically, your son has grown up too quickly and yeah. will he remember me and all that stuff. In any case, that's playing September the 17th. It's open, uh, it opens two days from now mm-hmm. and it closes October the 3rd. Yeko Yamamoto is in it. Um, Stories High, 21, Bendel Stiff. They're doing it again, uh, and uh, that'll be September the 23rd through the 30th. Bindlestiff always does strange things. Is it strange? Well, you know, uh, Stories High has always been a sort of a collaboration of right. of young, a repository of young writers. So right. it's a workshop. New works yeah, exactly. and workshop. Got it. Yeah. So they do the workshop, and then at the uh, at end of the workshop, they actually have the show. So Li Ling Ao is a part of the producers and I'm sure she's teaching uh-huh. uh, directing I believe and Conrad Panganaban is teaching Yay. plus uh, writing mm-hmm. and Aureen is uh, t- who is the artistic director of Bill right. is teaching the actors so these are they high school kids no 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 no, no. no these no, are no. just, uh, just usually, they're, usually they're Filipino American actors but also they bring in other actors as well I've done uh-huh. two of them and they're all nice. they're all just great so you should check out Stories High 21 what's Larry <laughs> Larry a new musical Brava <laughs> Theater uh, Melvin Badiola, uh, oh, an nice. ex-Bindlestipper, uh, he is part of the production team. To be honest, I don't know what's going on with Bravo. As a matter of fact, let's... That's, uh, we've, well, they've got a building, so yeah. hopefully so they're not going I'm anywhere. So I clicked on the Bravo website so we can bring it up. Songs for Larry, a new musical. 
a West Coast, East Coast, Philippine Exons collaboration. Nice. The project super, celebrates super. Philippine American labor at UF. Yeah. W, w leader. Larry Itlong. Oh, and the nice. research of the late and great historian Dr. Don Mabalon. Learn about Larry's life through song and watch the amazing Filipino-American That's, cast, wow. crew, and teamwork. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that is Larry, and that opens October the 2nd. And so we have a link for that. Very cool. A Winter's Tale. Cal Shakes is doing that. It opens September the 1st and it closes the 2nd, October the 2nd. Sharon Shaw is in that and we've had her on. Phil Wong is also in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cry of Curs. He's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cry of Curs. Um, the live stream is gone, but uh, you can still see it on demand. Jonathan Rice Williams oh, is in it. Of course, it's oh, Tabitha nice. Theater. So. Yay. No, <laughs> he's but he's a, acting? Yeah, he's acting. Yay. Yeah. Uh, a picture of him. I guess he had some sort of a uh, accident where he injured himself. <laughs> oh. But as a trooper, he's go- still back on the stage. Also, Letitia Duarte is in it, as well as Nick Mandrakia. And oh, both of them yay. have been on the yay. So we're glad that uh, they're in the show. Into the Woods, we've talked about that. Berkeley Playhouse, that'll be premiering November the 19th through December the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So we'll be continuing to promote that. Anna Yoham and Mara Sotelo, a beautiful Philippine actress. We've had her on the yep. day. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're in the show. And also a couple of things that I'll pump. Um, Central Work Script Club, you'll download and read a play script. Send in your questions for the playwright and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright. Mm-hmm. That is How delivered monthly and we'll click and you can click onto that. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of friends who have podcasts going on. Uh, Barry Graves, who was our Richard Wright in in yeah. um uh, in, Four, uh, Four Men in Paris, yeah. He has a new podcast out, The Black Man's Heart. So check that out on all of your podcast apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, also our consulting producer Mallory Samara is producing a podcast called Connect the Dots. A weekly news podcast, hope it hosted by WCBS News Radio 880's Linda Lopez. So check out Connect the Dots. Mm-hmm. Also, Bendel Stiff has a podcast called The Fobcast, exploring <laughs> Philippine American immigrant no. stories. Uh, so check out The Fobcast. And uh, I have two friends of ours who have been on the Yay who have books out. Oh, uh, super. The, the first one is uh, Sherilyn Connolly, and we've had her Sweet. on. Sweet. Uh-huh. Fantastic, beautiful, transgendered woman has a book out called Beautiful Ghosts, a queer memoir of San Francisco, available on Amazon. And we have a link to that, so please support um, Sherilyn. And also Bridget Dutta Portman, one of my favorite playwrights. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a children's book out called The Twin Stars, a young adult uh. sci-fi fantasy novel that deals with mental health themes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that could be bought on Amazon, as well as Foreman in Paris. <laughs> ah, yay! <laughs> my play. Uh, in any case, so that is that. Patty, did you have a good did you have a good time? I did have a good time. I <laughs> learned got a so lot. Excited. That's, yeah. that's oh also good. I want to give an update on jerseys. <laughs> yes, please. So we um so for those who have ordered jerseys, we sold out. <laughs> yeah. I had ten jerseys and people were just uh clicking you know, buying them. So they for those who have sent money and you're waiting for your jerseys, I just talked to uh my cleaning uh my dry cleaning company. <laughs> not cleaning company but you know they're, yeah. they do my dry cleaning they also yeah. are doing the actual embroidery on the jerseys oh nice but oh. I don't do it myself because mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure it's done professionally they tell me it's going to be done by Monday so Sweet. you can pick it up uh, I will contact you individually for those mm-hmm. who are waiting and also we'll have new shipments of uh, jerseys and we'll be posting pictures mm-hmm. of the jerseys modeled by yours truly uh, Norman and also um um who's the uh, shucks I forget her name um, 
But in any case, uh, the, a woman. Uh, yes. At any rate, <laughs> yes. A woman. Yes. Our guest. Yeah, our guest. She uh, immediately bought. She two. bought two of them. Yeah. yeah. And I was right. like, hey, okay. that, awesome. Lauren, Lauren Garcia. <laughs> yes. See, I'm having a senior moment. Okay. In any case, Lauren Garcia's. Yeah. She and it was wonderful. She bought them. And as soon as she bought them, people were like, hey. Yes. I want mine. Yeah. <laughs> My sister bought four. So. Nice. You can have a yay jersey, either black or white. Just let me know. Hit me up immediately. Um, uh, Reg dot clay. Uh, Reg space clay. Either on um, do that again. Uh, wait Red, a minute. What was that? <laughs> Red Space Clay at either Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Just uh, send me an instant message and let me know, um, you know, what color you want, and I'll get it for you. Space. Wait a minute. There's a Red Space, space Clay. Red. It's a. It's a... So, so don't just tie Reg Clay. Uh huh. Reg. Hit your space bar. Okay. Or hit her underscore clay. Underscore. 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 That's what I'm like. If you if you space, then it's going to disconnect. Underscore yeah. will keep it connected. Red underscore clay. Right. There you go. I think you know most folks will know. So just send, send me. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> send me a message, and I will take care of you. Yay! Right on. Alrighty. So uh, I guess that's it. Um, we are, you know, you're, uh, we, we don't have a YouTube video for this right now because it's audio only. But if you're listening to this on any podcast app, we're on any and all podcast apps. We're on Spotify as well as that purple podcast app on your iPhone or iPad. If you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. We have a Twitter uh, account. The A3. Yep. <laughs> and I'm also at Reg underscore Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. How about you, Patty? Do you have a um, no, social any kind media? of social media? I do not do social media. Mm-hmm. But I will contact you when Word for Words uh, podcast of um, a pair of sunglasses. Oh, uh-huh. uh huh. In the uh, is is ready for the public yeah, right yeah, on yeah. now if people want to hire you or they just want to learn more about you how can they contact you patricia silver at earthlink.net there you go okay and we'll have the link to that as well all righty then i'm going to shut things down thank you so much and as norman and i always say we gotta, gotta find a, a better, better sign off and we <laughs> are out 